All right. Welcome back to My Life, Sam Radford. On this episode, we have super producer slash rapper slash engineer Chase Moore uh, coming from Sacramento by way of Australia. Um, uh, before I welcome Chase onto the podcast today, I just want to say it is uh, April 20th, 2021. Fuck Derek Chauvin. You should have got yep. more than you deserved. And rest in peace to George Floyd and respect to his family. But anyway, Chase, thanks for being on the podcast, man. Hey, man, it's my pleasure, man. Thank you for having me. All right, man. So mostly I've had uh, people that were more uh, centric to battle rap other than uh, a big fan of my, uh, that I am of Lush One. I just want to speak about, uh, you're an amazing producer and rapper. And I just want to speak about your introduction to hip hop because I don't know maybe if it was more instrumental wise or lyric wise, but maybe putting them both together. Yeah. Um, well, look, it, I kind of had two sort of introductions to rap when I was, uh, cause you know, I grew up in Australia until I was eight or I turned nine, like right when I moved. So, you know, if you just look at the Australian market and the American market, we weren't really getting the same shit that was popular in the early 90s. Like, I wasn't hearing, like, you know what I'm saying, like, any of, like, the West Coast shit, like Snoop and Dre, or I wasn't hearing, you know what I'm saying, like, fucking Wu-Tang or whatever was big th at that time. But, you know what I'm saying, I would hear, like, the big, big filter hits. Like, I remember being, like, I don't know, six, and, like, my mom would hella listen to Salt and Pepper, and I like, so I would listen to that, or, like, you know what I'm saying? It'd be, like, dude, super random shit. Like, my dad is super into uh, Quincy Jones, um, and he had this one album called His Juke Joint, and it had a bunch of rappers on it, like, like, and I remember there's a song that the Loonies were on, dude, and I'm, like, a seven-year-old listening to the Loonies and shit, so... Anyway, I knew that I always liked rap. I liked the beats. I come from a musical household, so I fucked with that music already. I just kind of didn't really, you know, know what it was, but I, I fucked with it. I liked it. And then when fast forward to like sixth grade, um, you know what I'm saying? Obviously, I was fucking with the shit I was hearing on the radio, and I liked a lot of music, but my homie gave me the Wu-Tang 36 Chambers tape. Um, in, I think it was the summer of sixth to seventh grade, and that's what opened the floodgates for me like that first song bring the ruckus it was both it was the beat it was the lyrics so to really answer your question i would say initially when i was younger i was drawn to the beat but but when i was you know got that wu-tang tape i'm a little older i can understand what they're saying you know what i'm saying so it was it was both for sure but uh yeah dude 30 getting the 36 chambers tape uh from my homie nick was was what made me fall in love with it and also want to uh, make it myself. Okay. Thanks, man. I like, that's a different, a definitely a different perspective because growing up in a different place like Australia, like it's funny, like your mom listening to salt and pepper. That's quite a funny introduction, but speaking yeah. on that, I'm not a hundred, like I'm not completely knowledgeable about it, but I know your dad worked in the music industry, which I'm sure affected so, you. Sort of, sort of. I mean, technically. Yeah. But not in the sense of like uh, working with artists and shit. Like, my dad, um, my dad uh, invented a piano teaching method called it's called Simply Music. And it's basically like <clears throat> it's, it's, it's a playing based piano teaching method as opposed to a reading based piano teaching method. And so like growing up, my dad used to teach piano out of our house and like he had a little studio, <clears throat> a studio set up and shit. So I was kind of brought around it. Plus, he's really he can play really good. 
and my older brother can play really good. So, yeah, but uh, but that's how my dad ties into music. Like, that's what he does. You know, that's that's what he does for a living. He he, he created this company called Simply Music and he like single handedly like wrote the curriculum and everything. It's, it's pretty uh, it's pretty nuts. Honestly. That's insane. Like, I actually yeah. grew up. My musical history is crazy. Like I played piano, like Beethoven and stuff growing up and would do like concerts. And then I went on to play guitar. And then like, I remember I had, I used to like, when I rapped, I had a line, like I sold my amplifier for a pair of Jordans and like, um, nice. but the thing is like, it's, it, it's, it's, I think it's a good meld because with you, you're so musically driven. And later on, we're going to speak about like the beats you make. And like, I don't have articulate words on how beats are made, but I, I just find them so beautiful. And like, right. maybe like seeing your father create because piano is part of a symphony and the base of a, of a big thing. Like if it's a piano band, I just watched the movie green book the other day, like the base of the band is a piano player. And so I think a big base of the beat too, when you're putting together things like say Scotch Storch did like the Dr. Dre beats, you completely hear it on the piano. Like maybe that's partly affected you. You know what I mean? I don't know. It could be a. No, it absolutely did. Because when I was first learning how to make beats, the first shit that I would do was I would figure out how to play the melodies of other beats. Like I would hear like a Dr. Dre beat or something and I would figure out the bass melody on the key. So that was like, a huge component of it too, for sure. For sure. And that's so different to me because when I did the classical music and I think about Scott Storch and finding out about people like you and, and looking at those things, like I can't understand how you can put that, like listen to a beat and put that because I learned the chords, which I don't even remember anymore, but you had those yeah. crazy different signs on the chords and stuff like that. And it's, it's such Dude, a well, I'm also kind of the, I'm kind of the opposite though. Like, uh, like I come from a, like my brother, right, my brother and my dad, technically are really good musicians i still don't like when i was young i was very resistant to learning the technicalities of it the theory of it and to this day i i pretty much just play by ear i'm not with i can read music but i read it at a turtle's pace you know what i'm saying <clears throat> but someone can't be like oh the chords are this 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 i'm gonna have to really sit there and like you know what i'm saying i don't I play by ear and feeling, you know what I'm saying? But I wish I had more technical knowledge because being able to play something like piano or guitar, that shit, uh, that shit translates to other instruments and other, uh, other, uh, you, you could do a lot, uh, with music knowing how to play those, but you know, that's, that's kind of the two different approaches. You know, there's, there's the technical approach and then, you know, there's, you know, uh, you know, play with your ear, you know what I mean? Well, that's kind of why, like, in a sense, like I put you on this pedestal because I'm such a big fan of you, but that kind of makes sense because in a Scott Storch interview, he spoke about just learning from ear and he just did it himself. Yeah. And he had a, a, a teacher at one point. And she said, I can't teach you, but you're doing something. So keep going with it. And so so maybe that's the case. You know what I mean? Maybe in my eyes, yeah. that's that, that's what it is for me. But um, yeah, speaking of which, like Chase's uh, Chase has a great catalog of music. Um he my, one of my favorite albums of his is this album called Sweet Aromatic uh, that was released in 2017. And uh, it's it's one of those albums that you can listen to from front to back and and you won't even it, you won't even notice the time go by. And so Chase also is very great with featuring people like I uh, he's part of this group called 667 Cult. And in my fan boy mode, I, I say 667 Cult is like 
uh, in essence, like a new era of death row for the West Coast in a different sense, because they have so many multifaceted artists and so many people that are good at what they do and, and bringing it all together to me just works so well. And um, so like when you started, because I feel like you did uh, Sweet Aromatic and then he has another project called Russian Cream, another project called RYD or Die. He produced music for Lush One. He produces music for most of the people that he features with. Like, when did you guys kind of come together and think like, this is going to be our thing? Um, it was actually pretty natural. It wasn't even right, like a really crazy thought out thing but like how it came together was like uh i had just moved to la and ilmac had just moved to la uh i just got off a tour that i was djing for with um satire and reverie but the opening act was severe who is bobby butcher who's now baby franco so i met him on tour and we just immediately uh clicked and then once he started coming through to my spot you know, me, him, and Ilmac started working on a bunch of shit. Like, Ilmac's Still Standing album was, like, the first shit that we worked on. And then, uh, yeah, like, Bobby had already kind of started 667 with him and his, like, little homies. They kind of had the, they kind of had it already. And then, you know, Bobby had kind of been like, well, shit, you know, let's make it a collective. And uh, around that same time, it just all naturally happened with, like, Lush was coming through a lot. Fredo, Boy Bones, Zoo. It was just kind of one of those things where it was just like, I don't even know if there was a specific conversation. If there was, I can't remember it. But it just naturally was like, you know, we, we all complement each other and we all have shit going on uh, 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 by ourselves. But the one thing that we did do was we're like, we're not a rap group. Like where it's just a collective of, of artists and friends more so, you know what I'm saying? Like we, I don't look at us as a rap group. We're not a rap group, you know? So we've put out an album together, but it's more like a collective rather than like a group, you know what I'm saying? But yeah, it just was natural, bro. And like, we all just love, you know, love the name and the meaning one above the devil. Like it just, it was just natural, dude. It just came from us linking and chilling and making music, all being on the same vibe. And all wanted to push like the same line, so that's that's kind of how that came about. Yeah, man. Wow, that's awesome. Like, uh, in a comparison, it, he's speaking about like they all work together as artists, but they don't want to be considered a group. You could consider that if you're a big hip hop fan. Um, there's a group uh, from the early '90s called Leader of the New School, which uh, included a bunch of different <laughs> artists and groups. Or even if you look back to uh, the Zulu Nation. Uh, <laughs> just things like that whereas like it's just a bunch of artists collectively creating something together and right. uh, it's, on on say like a mainstream thing it's a smaller scale but in my eyes as a hip-hop fan it's right up with there uh, with, yeah. with the other ones and like so um we're gonna go all over the map right now but um cool. recently i've uh like uh, i've been like kind of researching trying to sharpen my blade per se for this interview because i'm i'm still uh, a novice at this but um when you started doing the project with fredo which is called water buffaloes what was your guys main objective because i find it so unique i was trying to find uh something that i can compare it to and i first thought maybe capone and noriega and then i was thinking maybe like method man and red man and then i was thinking about like even like demigods or things like that like but i couldn't really pinpoint it because it's something so unique in itself yeah yeah thanks man um yeah that's you know man that's i have the most fun doing water buffalo shit honestly um well what it really was was like 
I mean, Fredo and I obviously are, I've known Fredo since the grind time days. That's been my partner forever. And then, you know, he started coming around at the start of the six, six, seven shit. And we were all making songs together. Uh, and then like, you know what I'm saying? I produced an album for him, obviously over the, those next couple of years we did, you know, whenever he would come to LA, we do songs together, but it was really like the start of quarantine. Uh, I had, uh, just finished the sky is falling fredo and i wrapped up his album a couple months before fresh air and then we kind of just wanted to like just like create this like project where we just hella go in on some rap shit and then also you know if you look at both of our music we both have like there's melodic elements and melodic undertones so it was kind of just like you know what dude Let's do some shit that we're not even thinking, not even not. We're not going to try hell hard. Let's just let's just do some raw ass rap shit. And then on the songs that call for singing, which we can both do, let's do that. And then like we were kind of thinking of names and like Fredo had said water buffaloes, I think. And I was like, dude, that would be a, a sick ass name for I think I think maybe we had said a project first. But then it because it, it's, it's kind of weird because technically. The, our group name isn't Water Buffaloes. It's Chase Moore and Fredo Algebra. That's how it's listed on 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 uh, digital uh, on DSPs. But the album's called Water Buffaloes. But it kind of has became this group entity thing. Water Buffaloes, Dub Bees, the Dubs. Like so, it was really just like we just wanted to come together and just do and just do a project, and then kind of evolved. Like we knocked, you know, what I'm saying like. The first song we ever did as Water Buffaloes was Champagne Showers, which is the intro to the album. Like, that is the first shit we did, you know what I'm saying? And then I would say, like, over the next, like, month, maybe two months, we made the first album at the start of quarantine. And then over the last, like, six months, I'd say Fredo has been coming down here, and we finished Water Buffaloes 2 and 3. Like, I, I've oh, got, wow. like, at least 20. I got at least 20 songs right here that I'm sitting on and we just got to figure out what's going to go on what, but yeah, bro. Like we we're, we're going really hard with this water Buffalo shit. And also too, like just the aesthetic of it, like, you know, like, like the graphics are, 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 you know, online with our brand and like, we've got a bunch of new merch dropping and we're both heavily into gear and, and, and clothes and shit. So we really are just, you know what I'm saying? Just trying to push this shit hella hard. Like, I think the first album is amazing, uh, but it's like, there's a lot of shit we didn't get to do with the first album. So on this next one, we've already got four videos shot. We've got tons of behind the scenes vlogs. We've got live performances. We've got skits. We've got all types of shit that we didn't get a chance to do on the first one. So that's kind of really what Water Buffaloes is. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think Fredo... And I compliment our styles really well together. And when we create the music, it's, you know, I think Water Buffalo sounds very natural. And that's absolutely what the creation process is like. It's very organic. I'm either going to pull up a beat and we're just going to go through them until we both find one. Or I'll just make it on the spot. And then we'll just we'll just write something from scratch. Like it's no, we never think too hard. I was listening to the Champagne Showers today, and what I found was so great at the first was uh, it reminded me of old like duo albums where I, because I I listen to both of you, and you guys do have like great like harmonies or whatever you call it, 
but it was hard for me to differentiate the voices at first. Like it took me like the first like six bars to be like, okay, this is Chase, this is Fredo. But that's what's so yeah. cool to it too. And then after that, the in champ in in this song, what I love is like at first it's the back and forth of the bar for bar for bar, and then it opens up and and you reinvent the beat and change it around. And then you start with your verses, which is what I want to maybe segue into yeah. right now, because I'm not great with um, uh, not grammar for for beats or instrumental or engineering. But like with yeah. your beats, man, they're so harmonious and beautiful and put together. And I can I can hear the different instruments in between one another. Like, um, yeah. for instance, uh, which one is it? The, the going through the motions, it starts out with like uh, an electric guitar slowly going in. And then you get a little and then a hi-hat. And then when it drops, it's just so fucking beautiful. Like, yeah, like because and then there's so many other ones, too, because I find whenever you do in a song where, say, the the hook is a harmonious hook and then you're going back into like a rappy or a bar for bar, like like verse after it, your transitions are so smooth, but like so thought out, I feel like and put together and like you just maybe like say like how that is or maybe your inspirations to being upon that yeah sure uh but well just real quick too like uh uh another thing of just real real fast about champagne shower is we also in the first half of the verse where we both rhyme the same shit we're we're both we both you so that's another way it's all connected too it's like okay for my first eight i'm gonna rhyme exactly the same scheme that you rhymed on, but we both, we don't say the same word. You know what I mean? But anyways. And I that, love that. Know, I love that. It reminds me of old demigods when like at the end of the song, they'd have like a, an outro where it'd be like, they just go boom for boom. And I, I, yeah, I love we've got, we've, we've got a song on water buffaloes too. That's uh, like literally just two bar, two bar, two bar, two bar, two bar, two bar, four bar, four bar. Four. It's fucking amazing. <laughs> it's my favorite shit. Anyways, to answer your shit. Uh, well, I'm going through the motions. That's live guitar and live bass, too. Uh, uh, shout out to the homie Alf's brother. He uh, he he basically, like, uh, I just recorded him for, like, a couple minutes on guitar and then bass, and I ended up, like, chopping that and rearranging it. But the way that I like to approach my production is, like, okay, in the earlier years, I used to stack, like, a million sound. It's really it's not easy, not easy, but... Uh, 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 no, nah, fuck it. It is. You can very easily just add a million sounds to a beat. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can just keep having all these crazy changes and sounds coming in. I learned that it's 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 about the right sounds. You know what I'm saying? And I kind of like, you know, there was a there was a time where I switched my approach to like really stripping everything down. And then those sounds that do come in and those changeups that do happen. It makes them more important. It makes them it makes them move a little bit more. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'll sit there and and instead of you know what I'm saying if I have one sound and I feel like it needs more, it's like I'm not gonna add a bunch of things over it. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep working on it until I find the right sound. And it, it's the same way for for like the change ups and shit. Like like uh, uh, it's got to be interesting. You know, even if it is something that's repetitive and it might just be a one bar loop or a two bar loop, that's fine. But, you know, I'll put like at least a little bit of motion into it, whether it's like, you know, the beat dropping out or adding a sound in or filtering it or adding a, an effect or whatever it is. I I just I'm very selective about the things that I add. And, and I think it makes them stand out. It makes them a little bit more special. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
but yeah, that's kind of that's kind of where that comes from. Is like because you gotta think about it like this: when you're making an instrumental, you also have to remember there's gonna be vocals on it, and the vocals are gonna take up a lot of space. You know what I'm saying? So it's like you don't want to add two fucking million sounds. So sometimes I'll make the beat very simple, import a, a just a loop, and then I'll add the shit after, like the drops and the extra shit. Sometimes it works that way too, you know what I'm saying? But it's like, you just have to find the right relationship between the vocals and the music, and they've they just got to complement each other. And sometimes they have conversations, and it's call and response and shit, but it's it's really about the balance and, and being... And this is just how I do it, you know what I'm saying? There's obviously tons of different methods and styles, but it's just being very picky and selective about the what exactly the sounds you're using and, 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 you know, what's the relationship between the vocals and the music, because, you know, we're not making instrumentals, you know what I'm saying? We're making, we're making songs that have vocals on it. So they, they just have to coexist and sound like one, you know what I'm saying? That's kind of my philosophy on it. Well, then a question upon that um, is like two, I guess two different questions and, and, and it'll kind of be the same is like when you're ever making a beat, are, are you thinking of, say, artists who are doing, say, the hooks or the verses? Or if, or the other one, like, are you, like, have an artist in mind that you're doing it and you're going to make a beat in a certain way for that artist? Uh, it's kind of case by case, but I would say both. Because sometimes it's like, uh, sometimes a, a, a beat will just get chosen from a batch. I'll just go through beats and someone will pick that one. Sometimes I make them specifically for the person on the spot sometimes i'll make it with either a specific artist in mind or like a few artists like i want to make some grimy like griselda shit or i want to make some like polished like some some dre some drake shit or you know whatever it is like it's it's kind of case by case you know what i'm saying like sometimes i'm thinking of artists sometimes i'm just being creative and making a beat Sometimes the artist picks a beat from my batch that I have where I wasn't thinking about any artist in particular. Like it kind of just depends on, on on the song. But I would say like it's 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 both. It's it's all of that shit. You know what I'm saying? It just depends on what it is. Yeah, it's so weird because like I, I went to school for like script writing and, and, and film and stuff. And so like a lot oh, of the wow. times when I listen to music or when I listen to music or a song. I like trying to, I like in some way, like visualize how the music video would be for that song. And like, sometimes uh -huh. I wonder if like people have like that complete idealism, right? Whereas like uh, you mentioned with Bo Water Buffalo, all the different ideas you had other than the music. And I was watching some of the music videos and I find that I feel like some of the songs were catered exactly to how the music video was, or maybe you based the music video upon the song, like what your feel was. And I find that like a lot in music, no matter like, uh, what it is you can gain like what you're what you think of it as you know yeah well sometimes that shit also gets created on the spot too like you might have just a beat that i wasn't thinking of but then we work on it and it becomes this thing where then we start doing all this different shit or which it, it's the same with the music videos like some of those aren't planned out at all you know what i'm saying we just go and find the spot and, it, and then it becomes this thing. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it, it's, uh, 
it's both in that retrospect too, because sometimes it's spontaneous. Sometimes it's, it's very methodical and planned out. It's just uh, case by case, you know what I'm saying? It varies for sure. I think that's maybe the beauty in, in any art, right? Like, um, sometimes there's no method to the madness, no matter what it be, whether it be like somebody right doing a poem, somebody right doing a painting, you appreciating somebody's acting, you appreciating somebody's uh, music. You know what I mean? Like, I think it's so hard because sometimes like as I'm doing these interviews and trying to learn how to, you know, speak to people or ask questions, like sometimes you try to think there's a method to the madness when sometimes there isn't. And that's what makes it so beautiful. And that's kind of what art is, yeah. you know? And um, yeah, no, I think you nailed it. I think, yeah, I, absolutely. Um, can I, uh, can I, can I read you a lyric of yours that I like, and then kind of talk about it? Sure. Awesome. So in one of, uh, Chase's songs, he, I, I love how he formulates his rhymes because it, it, uh, with me, he puts so much into, so into like a little four bar substance, which a four bar substance would be four lines, whether you're in poetry or like a column or something. And so this is the ending of one rhyme scheme upon to another. And so he says, uh, this shit is as real as it seems. It's a scene from the wire. My fiends higher than Baltimore feds knocking doors down. You can't even bolt it more. So what's a Voldemort without a Harry Potter? The medicine is going down. Shout out to Mary Poppins. So in my point of view from that, I'm a big wire fan. So the wire is a show from HBO about the ghetto in Baltimore. So he's talking about how real it is. It's like a scene from the wire. And then he breaks it down again saying, the feds knocking down doors. You can't even bolt it more, bolt it more Baltimore. I love it. It correlates together. And then he changes up completely saying, so what's a Voldemort without a Harry Potter? In my eyes, I'm looking at the cops versus the drug dealers and there's good and bad in each sector. And then I'm thinking, he said, the medicine's going down, shout out to Mary Poppins. And he's just finishing off with a perfect, just a rhyme that makes sense that it's like, but it, to me, altogether, you're formulating so many different differences of pop culture, but that all kind of correlate in different yeah. instances. And so, like, it, I've spoken about how you've written your beats and then, like, your rhyme structure is so beautiful, too. Do you ever write your rhymes thinking of your beats or do you just write your rhymes as your rhymes? Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's kind of both, too. And also, and you, too, you, that, the, you nailed that the breakdown of that shit that's exactly what i was saying on it like and it's not like it's this crazy complicated thing but that's exactly what i was saying on that because i'm a huge wire fan too it's in my top five of all time uh and yeah so it's like oh yeah you know it's praise for the reality and then it's it's you know my, this shit right here is as real as it seems just like the wire and then the wire has the juxtaposition of you know all aspects of sort of a uh, 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 the, the crime effects from the politicians and the schools to the cops to the, to the gangsters to the fucking the union workers all of that shit and and yeah but but it's like you can't have the good without the bad so it's like what's a vault harry Potter without a harry potter and then the mary poppins shit yeah it's just a fly punchline that also i'm talking about you know you know saying i'm getting fucked up too so it's like yeah but yeah I, uh that was that was dope Hey man, thank. I just appreciate. Hey, I I didn't want to throw it out there. I just like that's what I think of it, and I think that's a big thing that affects me in life with music. Is even if you didn't live the same life as the person, you can, and even if it's not the exact same message, but sometimes it is, you can yeah. relate to it and gain from that. I mean, I dude, I I'm I'm such like a fucking film and 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 TV like 
it's such a big part of my life. And then like, I reference it a lot in my music, you know what I'm saying? No, and, like, there's another line where I, I only started Game of Thrones two years ago. And I was listening to, uh, Chase has a great uh, project called uh, Ruin Your Day or Die. And he has a song where he says, uh, I'm gonna bring it back from the dead, like Jon Snow. And then like, I was listening to that in a kitchen of people who didn't know who you were, and they and I they all watched it before me, and they're like, "Oh my god, that's a crazy reference, man!" Like, and I was like, "Oh shit, winter's coming, I guess," you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was like right around the time of that episode airing, and yeah, I love that's what you know, like a lot of that's it's kind of one of my go tos, you know? What I'm oh, saying? you like, also always- have crazy references about um uh running like the the flash and then he ma- he makes the flash's name uh, he, chase's references and bars are crazy that's why it's such a that's why i'm such so inspired by him because of his not only his beat making uh ability because i was listening to his beats that he was producing for so many different artists that i listened to and then once he started releasing his own music i became such a fan and um Thanks. what what do you for you what was the crossover of say being like behind the oh, wait, wait, hey, just one second I, I i didn't answer the, the question we got i, I kind of went off a little no bit. it's okay Let me go, answer go, go. Your oh, go 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 okay. yeah Thank uh you. so sometimes um yeah dude because i'd be watching podcasts I, i'm a huge podcast fan i watch a lot of podcasts and i'm always conscious of the reeling it back Oh, you know, I had easy. I had somebody on once and I asked him where he worked and he forgot to say it. And then he said it at the end of the recording and the whole thing. I'm like, man, people would probably want to wonder what this guy's doing as a joke. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, but to answer your question, it's like, uh, the, you know, it's kind of the same sort of answers from the last few ones where it's case by case. Like sometimes I'll write shit specifically for the beat that I'm making. Sometimes I'll go back and write to an old beat. Sometimes I'll take a verse that I had and I'll find a beat for it. Or sometimes I'll take a verse off another song and put it on a better, a song that fits better. Like something that hasn't came out yet, obviously, but uh, that's kind of how that works. Some Sometimes you can get the creative spark and write right there. Sometimes I'll just have little scattered little chunks like, oh, shit, there was a, a random little like four bar that I wrote the other day. Or it might just be the rhymes or the a punchline. Sometimes, you know, what I'm saying I can go into the notes app and pick and choose, you know, what I'm saying. Uh, but, yeah, that, it, it's kind of all over the board with that. Like I might be inspired to write. I might find an old verse. I might even lately like, or not even lately. I used to do this a lot like fucking not even writing it you know what i'm saying like the first like the first like six seven years me working with ilmac Ilmac, i never saw him write a single rhyme down and i'm talking about his his battles as well like like he just wouldn't physically write it he would write it in his head you know what i'm saying like you know like the first the first yeah i'm not i'm not talking about a freestyle battle i'm talking about grind type battles you know what i'm saying king of the dot battles he's crazy but i started recording yeah (laughs) <laughs> he's ridiculous but i started kind of doing that for a while where I, I i wouldn't write my shit down and i've also never wrote hooks down um but yeah then you know what I'm saying i i you mainly use the phone but lately i've been going back to that sort of more natural shit and just been like just punching in chunks like i'll sit there and think of it think of a little part record it then go to the next part think of it record i've kind of been going back to that method uh because it's like so natural uh, also, I've thrown that into the mix. Sometimes I'll write part of it. 
sometimes I'll just punch part of it. I've been implementing sort of like just different techniques into recording and writing. You know what I mean? Word up, man. Thank you for thank you for interjecting. I appreciate that. Sometimes I get when I and I just keep uh, I get interested in, and I kind of just like go. Oh, good dude. I know how it goes, but I do the same shit. All right. Uh, well, speaking of fucking which, what was the last one I asked you? I don't remember. It's neither do I. All right, let's go on. So, uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> there you go. yeah, bro, I smoked, I smoked a little bit too much before this, you know, Canada's legalized now. Uh, yeah. Well, shit, let me light up. But, um, okay. So that's the thing. So like, what was it like for you? Like looking into the battle rap world because you're so, I think everybody, every rapper, at least at the beginning of the career has their, their affirmation for battle rap. You know what I mean? I love for it before they, they go off. But I feel like you almost went into it. I'm not, I'm, this is my perspective because I don't know correlations, but you almost went into it probably already recording music before you did it. Whereas a lot of people just started out as battles. Like when I used to battle, like I've never released a mixtape to the public. I've only ever had battles released on YouTube. But um, like, what was your, uh, what was it like for you? Because like in Australia, going to uh, California when you're like nine and then living in Sacramento and then getting into the hip hop scene, what was like the battling scene like for you? Yeah, I mean, I come from, <coughs> I, okay, like initially I've always recorded music. Like, uh, uh, like I, my homie, my like freshman year of high school, maybe sophomore year, he had a studio. So I used to go over there and record. Then I was in a couple of different rap groups in high school. I put out a couple of CDs in high school. So I was always recording, but I was also battling at that time too. It really started from the first shit was like lunch, lunchroom battles. Right. And this is like high school coming up. And then like in the early 2000s, fucking, uh, you know, I was kind of like on the, it, like the, the internet footage of battles, like mcbattles.com. And this was like early fight club. This or not Fight Club. This was like the uh, like Scribble Jam times, fucking uh, 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 like the 106 in Park. Like around that time, 2004. Around that time, I was uh, I, I won like there was one year I won every tournament in Sacramento, and like I won a couple big battles, like the Source Unsigned Hype battle. I won. We were all supposed to get like flown out for a showcase, and the Source went bankrupt and shit. But <laughs> there was like one year where I was doing hella freestyle battle so like i was doing shows putting music out and also working at a recording studio which is what i did like i was gonna go to school but after high school i got an internship and within like a month it turned into, into me working there i worked there for almost 10 years but so like i was doing that at the same time as freestyle battling so it was like i was always was in both but like you know what I'm saying i used to hella and then i kind of took you know, it, battling the freestyle tournament thing sort of fizzled out a little bit. And then once WRC popped up, that's what reinvigorated like WRC and, 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 and uh, Smack DVD and Fight Club. All of those right there, like reinvigorated my love for battle rap. And then and so it's always been a part of my shit. Like, you know, and I have a very like punchline heavy or rhyme scheme heavy style. And that became a, a big thing in battle rap. So like to me, I've always fucked with battling i used to battle I, I i always wanted to have my hands in that in that in that culture and then like even when i started battling in the written era i never really like wanted to be like the biggest and best battle rapper. i felt like all my friends were like the dopest and like i said i was working at a studio so it's like 
I, you know, I, 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 I wasn't like a top tier battler. So it's not like I'm going to be getting paid a bunch of money. And it's like, you got to spend a lot of time writing. It's a lot of pressure that I don't like. And it's, 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 you know, you, it takes a it's draining. So like, I always just fuck with it for a little bit, but you know, I make music, I produce music. So I'm like, that's kind of like, I was like, Oh, I can start rocking with these battlers and the ones I really fuck with make music with them. That's kind of how I'll keep like, keep my hand, you know, keep my hands in the scene while not really ever trying to be like a crazy battle rapper, but battle rapping is in the foundation of me as an artist. So you know what I'm saying? It's always going to be there. I just, you know, I just don't, I don't watch it like I used to or, or have that same drive, but I always will be tapped in to the battle rap culture in some facet, you know? Oh, of course, man. Like I, I mean, I started this podcast based on myself and then I was thinking like, what could I do to like get interesting people on? And I'm such a big fan of battling and I've been following so many people for years. I just started like randomly hitting people up and they got back to me and it's just kind of worked with that. You know what I mean? Like it's a, there's like a gold, I think there's like a golden era and like hip hop, you have different eras. You have like the eighties where like the house scene was big and like you had people rocking the parties like busy being cool D. And then you have like the boom bap era in the nineties where it's just like, everybody's rapping and it's happy and great. And then you have it sprouting off to different parts of America and then the world and, and, and getting so many things and that, and like, you know, and then with battle rap, you have it coming back to fruition and like, jump off and wrc's and smack dvd leading on to like grind time and kotd and then there was like a golden era in like 2011 12 where like everybody was peaking and doing great you know it's like when all the late night talk shows were great or like say like a year where all the biggest sports teams were the most viewed you know and and no sports team had a bad year like battle rap for me at that year when i was a teenager was so big but it's so funny because like i remember seeing you in like maybe 2009 or 10 behind people in battles than watching you in battles and it's so like now it's 2021 and i listen to your music on a regular basis it's it's you know the world is such a, it's such a small beautiful world and like hip-hop such a cool and amazing thing that like you know like the community is so is so beloved and, and relentless you know and like um yeah like like so like I'm, we're going to go on. Like I've spoken about your music. P people, please listen to Chase. He has his new project out called Water Buffaloes. And then he's working on new music. He also has a, a single album that he released in 2019 called The Sky is Falling, which I hope everybody listens to. He has a dual album from 2019 called The Ones with Chatboy Bones. And then please listen to Ruin Your Day or Die, Russian Cream and Sweet Aromatic and Chopper Reed. Like these are all great albums, front to back listens. I put them up there with all falls down or Illmatic or whatever, whatever you think a front to back listen is. That's what Chase is. Chase, Thank you, man. you working on water buffaloes. I was trying to think of like a fun question or something and I didn't want to, and I never want to limit it because I always put people in a place, but just name a two that you come to your mind, your top two duos in hip hop history, whether it be a rapper and a producer, two rappers together, like whether it be like a, uh, you know, guru and gangstar or prodigy and havoc or, you know, CNN or anything just come to your mind because I feel like you had to have some kind of inspiration with this new album or this. Well, new I, I wouldn't say it was necessarily a direct inspiration for the album, but when you say like the duo that comes to mind, who I revere as is probably outcast, honestly. Ooh, um, but, um, but yeah, but you know, if I was gonna, if I was gonna like look at I would compare it also to like 
like West Side and Conway type shit too. You know what I mean? Like it's, you know, me and Fredo were on that vibe heavy, so that definitely bled, the inspiration of that bled into the R shit. Uh, Method, kind of like Method Red, you feel me? But I don't, I mean, I don't want to compare it, not saying it's like that, but it's, you know, that's inspiration. But yeah, that's what I was just saying. Like, you're top, you're top. Top duo to me, the, in my head, Outcast. That's it's that's a tough duo, man. And like I remember watching their documentary about like uh, the dungeon where they used to record with all those Atlanta artists and shit, man. That's that's essence of hip hop to me. I love that kind of shit. And Outcast is just timeless, dude. I mean, it's it's kind of weird. I mean, I mean, I, maybe I think of them more of as a group than a duo, but I guess it is a duo. But dude, their discography is like so fucking good, man. They're and Outcast is crazy too because a just how original and dope they are but also they're low-key the only group that i can really think of that's gone platinum out the gate every time they drop like the first album what happens a lot of times is like an artist will blow up hella big with the first album or something that sells the most or it's like they were building steam and they have that one album or those couple albums but outcast all of their albums upon release were platinum like and and not and you know even the early shit some of play Alistic and AT Aliens and shit platinum but then look how big the records were off like you feel me hey y'all and that type of shit and I like the way you move and shit just fucking monsters bro like, oh well like growing up growing up creatively in small and musically oh of course we'll agree like growing up in small towns in Canada like um we only had like MTV and then much music which is the MTV for Canada and like you would just like base like what new what was new and popping off of music videos and like I remember at one point when Outkast like I found out about them when I was a kid because I'm I was younger was Hey Ya and Roses and then what's what I love about hip hop is you go in the back catalog and find more and more like like Tribe Called Quest is my favorite group but I didn't find out about them until I was older you know what I mean and like yeah, yeah. And like man Outkast is is forever like yeah dude those the so the AT aliens, Equemini, like, dude, those are fucking so crazy. But yeah, yeah, dude, for sure. But then also, you know, I love like Primo and Royce. You know what I'm saying? That's like my cup of tea right there. You feel me? I rate pre, pre I have Primo in my top five and I have Royce in my top five. So it's like, you know, like are you a fan of um because uh, this is like a, to my heart, one of my favorites is uh the one that Black Poet did with Premier. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know it like that, but yeah, I definitely listen to it. I think it's tight. I yeah. mean, Premier is, no matter what, Premier is, I'm, I'm always lucky with Premier. But yeah, I've heard that shit. I, I okay. don't know it enough to reference it, though. Okay, uh, here's another one. I don't know if like you, this is like a thing that interests you or anything, but I'm a big fan of also, uh, I think a person that like inspires me as much as you do is uh, Mr. Green. I think uh -huh. Mr. Green is just amazing. And like, like, do you have any thoughts on Mr. Like, he has such a, cause he does that whole series of uh, just finding people on the street and uh, taking yeah. like beats and instrumentals off the street. And it's so unique. And also his album uh, with Pace One is one of my favorite. Yeah. Albums. That's what I was just about to say. That's I like the shit with Pace One. Fucking, uh, the only color that matters is green. It's one of my favorite. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, fuck. I'm trying to think of. There's a one of the videos for that shit that's tight. Well, the ch but, children yeah. sing is a crazy beat because children sing has like a choir and like I remember showing it to a friend and like a choir starting, but then it goes into this raw hip hop like sense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, Mr. Green has always been dope, but like I, I definitely, I fuck, I like that pace one shit. Like that that shit was tight. You know what I'm saying? Because like I. I didn't even bump that much pace one back in the day, but my homie was playing me some of that shit. I got onto that a little later. 
And I was like, oh, this is tight. Like one of the like I don't remember the exact song, but that's the shit I fuck with. I like the I like the Mr. Green and Pace one shit. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm a big, uh, it's funny. I'm like 27 years old and shit, but like, I'm a big hater. So like when I like love something, I really love something. You know what I mean? So I just, and like, yeah, like once again, man, thank you so much for doing the interview, bro. Like I appreciate it. I wish you nothing but the best in the future. Thank you for taking your time with me. Please people listen to Chase and like Chase, once again, just, just plug yourself to tell people what they can see and listen to you on, man. Yeah, man. Uh, thanks for having me too, man. Anytime, man. Tap in, bro. Uh, I mean, you can find me on all social media platforms at Chase More Music. Um, what I would say is, like, fuck with the Water Buffaloes. You know what I'm saying? We got all, we got the Water Buffaloes album on all streaming services. We've got merchandise on chillfamo.com, uh, Water Buffalo 667 on IG. Uh, but, yeah, you know, like, we got we got Max new album, Winter, coming. Satires, The Roaring just dropped. Fucking, uh, um, yeah, that's like the mo- and then you know I'm cooking on some new shit right now too. But just fuck with fuck fuck with that, you know what I mean? Like just tap in, you know, if you haven't heard it already, you know, just decide for yourself and just tap the fuck in. You know what I mean? It's water buffaloes, baby. Bro, it's 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 <laughs> great. It's really good. And I, I commend people to listen to it. And then you know, if you like that shit, man, you can donate to that shit on Spotify. There's a PayPal. Like these guys make real good, amazing hip hop music with no fucks about what they're going to be seen as from the industry. And yep. it inspires me and it's what's real to this day. And I compare it to some of the best shit ever made. And, uh, you know, like I, I, I appreciate you having me on. Thank you once again. And I want, you know, if anybody's listening, Ilmac, if you're listening, I did send you that message. Ilmac, I've been watching you since Swan get at me. <laughs> Dan people was my shit. All right. I'm sure yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, Mac would be down. I'm no, sure. I, I just, I just, all you guys inspire me, and you guys like, you know, if it's a big, big, ins- big uh, part of my life is your guys' music and, and just your guys' personalities and what you guys put out on, on your artistry level. And thank you once again, man. I'm gonna end the episode. I'm gonna stay on the call with Chase to say thank you. But once again, thank you everybody for tuning in. Uh, next, we have Large from Twisted History at Barstool. That's the next interview. And then the week after that, we have Kid Twist. And then we're going to keep on going on. Thanks for listening. And I appreciate y'all. Thank you.